Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, I promise you're in the right place because we all know this is where the best run. That's right. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. We have a quote from Sona or Sonia Jepson. She's now a deal origination and go-to-market leader at FIS. And I found an article she wrote a couple of years ago at entrepreneur.com. Listen up. By living the day-to-day life of your clients, you can glean insights that are impossible to see from your side of the aisle. So what in the world are we talking about here? Well, according to a Forrester study a while ago, B2B buyers are engaging with content the same way as B2C customers. What does this mean to you? Let's get it down to the real basics. The same people who are buying cars and clothes and appliances and furniture and rugs and home repair services are also making B2B purchasing decisions at work for their businesses and the companies they work for. So what does that mean to you? We're talking to you salespeople in this digital selling era. That's what we focus on on the series. Daisy Wallace of Learning People advises B2B salespeople to ensure you are maintaining personal communications across all of the digital channels you use. Why? You need to show the human face beyond behind your message. So the title of this episode today is How to Stay Human in a World of Digital Selling? Question mark. We're going to help you figure out how to do exactly that. Welcome. I am Bonnie D. Graham. Happy to be here. We are live. It is, my goodness, July 16th already. Where is the year going? We are hurtling toward 2020. I hope you've got something wonderful put away for New Year's Eve because I think the good bottles are probably going off the shelf really fast. I have three experts on the show with me today. Who are going to help us talk about figure out what to do to keep human into your interactions in the B2B digital selling world? I'll just tell you their names and then I'm going to have them introduce themselves to you so you get to hear a little bit about what they do, what their companies do, and what their backgrounds are. So, in a moment, you'll be hearing from William Aruda, who informs me that his new book, Digital You, is going to drop as the industry term very, very soon. And he's a chief encouragement officer, abbreviated as CEO at Reach. We're going to be speaking speaking with Mark Lotenero, welcoming him back. And William is also a returning guest. Mark is a senior client success manager for Grapevine 6. And we have a newcomer on the show. Her name is Bruna Gonsalves. She is at SAP. She is the strategic partner marketing manager for Latin America at SAP. So welcoming our newcomer. So let's start with William Aruda. William, welcome back. Have you been? And please just briefly tell us a little bit about what you do and about this book that's coming out. Well, thanks, Bonnie. I'm, I'm thrilled to be back. Thanks so much for having me again. And, um, I, you know, the new book is exactly about what this topic is today. It, it's how do you be real in a world that's becoming virtual? And, and so it, it's really founded on uh, building your personal brand and being able to build real human relationships with others so that you can achieve success and everyone, your organization can do well. 
So tell me something. When did you write the book? How long did it take you to write it? And, and are you dropping it this week or this month? How, how did you decide when it was going to be published, William? Well, I wish I, I could. Just, you know how, how publishing works. So the publisher mm-hmm. decides all of that, including okay. the deadline. So, so I finished this book in January. The manuscript was delivered. But as you know, it takes a long time for publishers to get the book out. So it comes out in October. Uh, so I'm really, really excited for it to drop because it's all about digital, right? So we don't want it to get too old before it's out there. That's true. And tell me something, CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer at Reach, what, is, what do you do there? Yeah, well, so, you know, Reach, we work inside companies helping their talent unearth what makes them exceptional and using it uh, as a way to uh, deliver greater value for their own career and for the organizations they work for. And, and the one word that people always use to describe me is encouraging because I think everyone has this unique ingredient to offer and I just want to encourage them to, uh, to make that happen. Thank you very much. I love that CEO interpretation. Always looking for new ways to change up what's going on in the C-suite. Let's move one slot around the table to Mark Latenero. Mark, I've rehearsed for years how to pronounce your last name right, and I know I have it right finally. So thank you for joining us. Mark, tell us what's new with you in Grapevine 6. Go ahead. Awesome. And thank you so much for having me back, Bonnie. Um, always good to be back, and I really love thank this you. topic. Um, so what I do at Grapevine 6, and it's, it's very applicable to what we're going to be talking about today. So we, we help sales organizations and marketing teams leverage content and social media to start conversations that are going to lead to business opportunities. And what I do is I manage some of our enterprise accounts. And so it's my job to make sure that whatever sales says that we're going to do, that we actually do. Um, and then really just maintain that relationship. So why I'm really excited about today is because, you know, what my company provides directly revolves around this concept. Is how, how are we using technology and content to influence our buyers, but having that healthy balance between the digital side and the human side. And then additionally, my role is, managing, maintaining, and expanding those relationships. So I also have to walk that line too as well is leveraging technology to keep in touch with my customers, but also making sure that they have the right support on the human side as well. So super excited for today. Thanks for having me again. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. Good to hear your voice again. And now our newcomer, Bruna Gonsalves, Latin America SAP. Bruna, welcome to Game Changers Radio. You're our newbie today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Thank you so much, Bonnie, and thank you, everyone, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, actually, I work in SAP. My main responsibility is not only digital selling, but that's what I love to do. So it's a big pleasure to be here discussing with such experts here in the table with me. So currently I lead the strategic partners in Latin America and in parallel also I'm responsible for our digital selling program with our partners and also with our SAP internal teams. So this is a challenge for us actually because all of Talking about SAP side, for an example, all of our employees, they want to have, for example, the LinkedIn Sales Navigator license and they want to use, like, I want to be a good social seller. But when we talk about humanizing the social selling process and when we explain them that social selling is not something that is, like, just about automating the sales process, but 
being human, you are digital, but you are human. So this is a big challenge for us, and I think this is a must to have success in the new sales techniques. So very nice to talk about this topic here with you, and I hope we can have great insights. We will. I'm sure we will. So, thank yeah. you, Bruna. Thank, thank you for being so so honest about the fact that that human part, all three of my panelists, mm-hmm. it is yes, so yes, yeah. important. <laughs> and you. and you know something to the to three of you, Bruna and and Mark and William, we're we're looking at being on the verge of having robots in the workplace. And so we're talked the idea of being human comes at so many different levels. There's so much impact on who we are and what we do, how we do our jobs, how companies do their jobs, delivering what they they are selling to us. So that it's a whole, I think being human takes on a whole new level in this robo world. I'm just putting that out there as a little, my little observation. So now is the part of the show where I reintroduce each of my panelists and uh, they each sent me an inspirational quote that, that basically to them has a link to what we're talking about without directly being on the topic. So we get to hear them be creative, maybe a little philosophical, maybe a little poetic. And I'm going to start with William Aruda, our author. And William has sent us a quote from Brene Brown. I, I've heard the name, William. Of course, I Googled or looked her up. And Brene Brown is Cassandra Brene Brown, PhD, LMSW, born in 1965. I call her a young kid. Uh, she holds the Huffington <laughs> Foundation Brene Brown Endowed Chair at the Graduate College of Social Work. So she's a research professor at the University of Houston. But what's most interesting about Brene Brown, for those of our listeners around the world who are not familiar with her, her TED Talk on the power of vulnerability, and that's a very human trait, is one of the top five most viewed TED Talks in the world with over 35 million views. And she's the first to have a film talk available on Netflix. Very interesting, and it just, uh, the Call to Courage special debuted this April, April 19, 2019. So here is the quote William has selected from the wonderful lore of Brene Brown. Authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. That's not human. I don't know what it is. William, tell us how you picked this quote, please. I love it. You know, I, I think that the, 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 what you were just talking about with robots is it's actually, it is permission for us to be human, right? The thing ah. that's going to separate us from robots is, is our humanity, yet we all believe, or at least we, we've been forced to believe, that we go to work and we have to be somebody that we're not, um, when in fact the most value we can deliver is when we're fully being our authentic selves. And so I thought it was just absolutely appropriate to our, our topic today of, of being human and giving people the, not the permission, the mandate to, to contribute their unique ingredients to those around them every day. Very well put. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point, and I'm going to move on to Mark Lotetero's quote. Mark picked something from Morpheus in the Matrix. And those of you who listen to multiple Game Changers radio shows, I think we have 14 series live on the air in 2019. We have had a huge resurgence of Matrix quotes because this is the 20th anniversary of The Matrix, 1999 sci-fi film written and directed by the Wachowskis, and it starred Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie-Anne Moss, Hugo Weaving, and Joe Pantoliano. And Morpheus is a fictional character portrayed by Lawrence Fishburne in the films and in the video game The Matrix, Path of Neo where he was the only actor to reprise his character's film voice. Interesting. Here is the quote. Throughout human history, 
We have been dependent on machines to survive. Fate, it seems, is not without a sense of irony. Mark, what a great quote. Talk to me. How'd you find this one? Yeah, so um, part of it, I think, Bonnie, was I've been, I've been seeing a lot of activity online about the 20-year anniversary for The Matrix, and I thought it was kind of perfect timing. Um, and, this, and this specific quote, um, you know, really spoke volumes here in terms of this particular concept, mainly because it's true. And, you know, we've, we as humans, since technology has been available, have relied very heavily on it um, to the point now where people are starting to long for the human element again. You know, we're all human beings. It's in our DNA to be connected to other people. And so while machines and technology is making it a lot easier to distribute and access information, but we're getting to a point now where us as humans are longing for that human aspect again. And then I also see it applicable too in terms of artificial intelligence and machines starting to replace human beings doing regular jobs that humans used to do as well. And then now, um, I think people are getting a little scared of technology because we're, you know, p- people are seeing and wondering what companies are doing with their data. Um, is their privacy secure? You know, who is watching us and what are they tracking and logging? So that's, I think, is the irony part of it is that we've, you know, we as humans have, have built our foundation on the use of machines and technology, but we're getting to a point now where not only are humans logging, longing for the human aspect of it again, but people, I think, are becoming a little bit more weary around the intentions of machines and tech in general. So I just found it fitting, especially with the anniversary here. Um, Morpheus, Morpheus is also probably one of my favorite fictional movie characters of all time, and I think it's, I think it's pretty genius. I think you're right. It, and there is this supreme irony, as, as people like to say. Thank you very much, Mark. And now let's move around the table. One more seat to Bruna Gonsalves. And let's see. Bruna has sent us a quote from, oh, another movie quote. We love movie quotes, Bruna. This is from Don Vito Corleone, <laughs> played by Marlon Brando in The Godfather. 19, I do a terrible impression. 1972 drama crime film by Mario Puzo based on his book, uh, In The Godfather, Don Vito Corleone, whose full name was Vito Andolini Corleone, fictional character, uh, in The Godfather and in the first two of Francis Ford Coppola's film tra- trilogy. Vito oversees a business founded on gambling, bootlegging, and union corruption, but he's known as a kind and generous man who lives by a strict moral code. I love the word moral in there of loyalty to friends and above all family. So here's the quote. Great men are not born great. They grow great. Bruna, love the quote. Tell me how this relates to our topic today about being human in a digital age. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. And actually telling you the truth and being honest once again, it wasn't easy to send you one quote because I usually talk a lot. So when I start talking, I don't stop. So I just thought, oh, I want to send a phrase which is short and has a good impression. So I think that's the case uh, mainly because to succeed, to succeed and to have success in this digital setting world, you do need a strategy. So all of the successful sales executives that are generating really good business results 
through digital selling and through LinkedIn Sales Navigator, they are not lucky or they don't have already a good reputation in their area or they don't even have like more propensity to be a better digital seller. I mean, this is all about learning, all about studying, listening, uh, how, how you can really improve your digital domain generation efforts and how to build your digital selling strategy. So we have a lot of tips to grow great. So you don't need to be a good digital seller today. You can grow great and become a good digital seller. So that's why I chose this phrase. And uh, some tips, for example, you can adopt a digital selling uh, strategy in your demand generation prospecting routine. You, you need to have discipline because digital selling is about establishing a long-term relationship which is based on trust, and it takes time. So you cannot want, uh, wish the results for tomorrow. So it's a plan. And, of course, you need to practice, you need to develop day by day the digital seller that exists inside yourself, and then you can see that you you, you grow great. That's the idea. So that's why I chose this quote. Thank you very much. And there's so much optimism <laughs> and encouragement in that quote, Bruna. <laughs> I love it. It's exactly. very, very positive, <laughs> which is ironic considering we're yeah. talking about the Godfather. We'll just leave that one on the table there. Okay. I did watch mm-hmm. a couple of clips from the movie when I was looking up uh, the background for the quote, and it's, uh, yeah, it's heavy stuff. So let's go around the table and get to know our panelists just a little bit better, very briefly. William, where are you, and what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world that either makes you smile or feel relaxed or energizes you? What, what do you love to drink, and where are you today? So I'm in New York City today, uh, happily, because I'm really home, uh, because most of my work is public speaking. So I'm thrilled to be here having a little staycation in New York, and I am drinking my very favorite. This is my, my thing every morning, my arpeggio pod from Nespresso, which, um, it's, so if I'm speaking a little fast, it's because maybe I've had too many arpeggio pods this morning, but that's my drink. What, what do you love about the arpeggio? I haven't used my Nespresso machine in six months, and I might order some arpeggio after listening to you. I need to speak faster, William. So tell me, what do you love about our what do you love about arpeggio? Well, you know, so let, it, first of all, it's a hundred percent arabica beans. It's it's really uh, toasty and a little bit sweet. You don't need to put any sugar in it. I, mm. I love arpeggio so much. I know the hotels all over the world that have Nespresso machines in the room, and I pack a sleeve of Arpeggio pods with me as I go on my travels so that in the morning I wake up and I know I'm going to have that perfect coffee. Wow. And the website says it's an intense and creamy coffee, takes its distinctive character and full body from a blend of Central and South American Arabicas. The long roasting allows each aspect to develop into an intense bouquet, combining cocoa and roasted notes. Oh, I'm in love. Okay. I will. I'm going to look at that way, Bonnie. I'm going to look into this. We might have to drag the Nespresso out of the closet once I get some arpeggios. I was looking for a reason to to get back into coffee. As I said, I need to learn to speak faster. Thank you, William, for the motivation. Um, Mark Lotenero, where where are you in the world today, and what do you love to drink? So I'm over here, uh, per usual, at, at my home office here in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, oh. not too far away from you. Yeah. That's right. Trying to stay cool because it's uh, it feels like it's in the hundreds every day as of late, as I'm every sure you day. know. Absolutely. Um, and I'm also sure you know, based on previous episodes that I've been on, is that I'm a very simple guy, creature of habit. 
And when it comes to my drink of choice, there's there's really nothing more satisfying than just uh, just a hot coffee in the morning. I don't I don't do anything fancy. Just a, a cream and a sugar, regular Starbucks, um, warm brew, and that's you know really doesn't take me much or it doesn't take much to make me happy. Um, I'm a pretty simple guy, so not a not a ton of research to do on that. Uh, not a ton of follow up, but as I'm sure you know, Bonnie, I think. I mention that almost every single time on here because um, it's the truth. And that's fine. And you're just being, Mark, you're just being human. There you go. You're just being human, right? You love your coffee. Thank you very much and welcome back. Bruna Gonsalves, where are you today and what do you love to drink? I'm in Sao Paulo, Brazil. It's a cold day here in Sao Paulo, cold and cloudy day, so winter. And my favorite drink, I have no doubt about my favorite drink. It is sparkling water. Actually, I really love sparkling water. I also love chocolate, for example. And I think I like, I love them like it's equal. So it means I really love sparkling water than, more than anything else. So if I drink wine, for example, or, or if I drink any kind of soda, I love Coke. Also, but mm-hmm. I also I always drink with sparkling water. So this is my favorite drink at all. And my next purchase, I think it's gonna be a machine that creates sparkling water. I didn't even know it exists. Yes, I've heard about those. Yep. Yeah, it seems to be amazing because when it ends my sparkling water, my bottle of sparkling water, then I can have mine. Like so, it's. So amazing. So that's my next purchase. I'm doing a social discovery here in LinkedIn to see the best, <laughs> to be- the best ones. So fantastic. I do love Thank it. you very much. <laughs> yeah. and, and as Mark knows, William may remember and Bruna doesn't know, I left New York, William, a year and nine months ago, I think. Yes, about a year and nine months ago and moved to Durham, North Carolina. And it is, it's summer started in May and we are running close to 100 degrees. The car thermometer says 99 when I go out, 101. And you just go hopefully from air conditioned place to air conditioned place. So the air conditioning is on in the house all the time. The the uh, power company keeps sending me letters every month that says, you are using 43% more power than your neighbors. And I'm looking at this and saying, I don't think so. I really, don't, I really don't think so. It's just me. There are no kids here. There are no pets here. It's just me on the computer day and night and the air conditioning. Leave me alone. I pay my bills. That, that's my philosophy. It's like, just let me use the damn air conditioning. That's all I have to say. And I even turn it off once in a while, and then I wake up, no, it's hot in here, put it back on. So I'm not allowed to have caffeine on radio show days. This is no surprise. I'm just drinking cool, clear water in one of my cool, clear mugs from New York. I would not dare go near coffee because today is a doubleheader. I have another show an hour after this one. So no caffeine on doubleheader radio show days. So if you're just tuning in, we have a really lively panel here today. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling Radio, emphasis on the digital part of selling. Selling. If you're out there in the B2B selling world, the people you're talking to, the people you're pitching or starting relationships with on the digital selling spectrum, the, they are just human beings. So what does that mean to you? 
you need to be human too. Let the robots do what they want to do. You, they may be calling up call centers and hearing a more human sounding bot on the other end of the phone than you when they reach you if you talk to them on the phone. So the idea is let's all be human. I have three very human beings on the line with me today. William Aruda, author about to drop digital you. He is this chief encouragement officer, enthusiasm officer. I, I'm going to change it to enthusiasm, William. At reach, Mark Lotenero at Great Find six and Bruna Gonsalves at SAP. We're going to take a very, very quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do a very deep dive into our topic today, how to stay human in a world of digital selling. Uh, a quick shout out to AJ uh, Muhammad Arif at SAP for putting together this wonderful panel. AJ, thank you. And to Kirsten Boylow at SAP Canada, who sponsors this series. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. We'll be right back. Aaron out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales and marketing organizations by storm. And only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Digital selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales and marketing process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how digital selling is changing the world of business. Changing the Game with Digital Selling is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Changing the Game with Digital Selling. And that's indeed what we are doing with my three special experts today, William Aruda, Mark Lotenero, and Bruna Gonsalves. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham, and we are going to deep dive into our topic today, how to stay human in a world of digital selling, specifically B2B. William Aruda told me the following in his notes before the show. I will read a little bit from his statement, and then William will expand it, and then we'll invite Mark and Bruna to chime in and see what their thoughts are whether they agree or disagree. So William said, start with your personal brand. The challenge with digital branding is it's too easy to just create material and make it available without putting a lot of thought around it. William, let's me stop there. Or why don't you take over and tell us more, please? Yeah, you know, I, here's the thing. I, I think the, the move to all things digital um, has actually forced us to be more human. So, it, so really hmm. technology has given us uh, this opportunity to be human and, uh, you know, relationships are the currency of business. And when you're looking to build business to sell, you need to build relationships. And the way to do that is based in authenticity, right? It, we, we build that trust and connection when we know that that person we're connecting with is being true and genuine and real. So it really all starts with personal branding. If you aren't clear about who you are, what makes you great, 
what your values are, what your passions are, what separates you from everyone else who does what you do, then you're, you're not going to be your best self in being able to build those relationships that do allow business to happen. And so, so I think it's really important that everyone get a handle on that and, and really focus on that. The digital piece is really just the medium. And, and I, I think that there's this, been so much talk about social media and digital this and digital that, that we're focusing on that like that's the be-all and end-all. And it's nothing more than the pipe that gets your human connection to that individual. I, I think the challenge with digital is, right, it's much harder to be human in the two-dimensional world. And, and so we need to be much more thoughtful, uh, much more deliberate, in, in the way we start to build uh, relationships. And it takes more time in the digital world to build an authentic relationship. And I think the thing that I am seeing over and over that's the challenge to this is the opposite of personal branding. It's, it's people who are selling wh- without even building a relationship. Seconds before our call today, I got mm-hmm. a LinkedIn email from someone who, who uh, a message, right, connected with me. Five seconds later, I get a message and it says, are you having problems with your Salesforce question mark? Yes. And then yes. try to sell me. I have no idea who this person is, right? We haven't built that relationship. There's, there's been no connection. And I think that that's, I'm obviously not going to buy anything from this individual. That's, that's, I think, why personal branding is such a key element to being able to be successful in the digital world. I couldn't agree more, and, and it happens all the time, William. I get those all the time, and it's just plain annoying. Absolutely. And it's presumptuous. It's just presumptuous. It's like, okay, we made a connection on this digital platform, and now I can sell you anything I want. And we're seeing more and more of that on Twitter as well, where it's a message couched in, here's something cool I want you to all pay attention to. But by the way, this is what my company is selling. And I just gloss over those. I, I don't even want to know. I'm seeing it a lot with, with companies I know who've even been on these radio shows with me. And everything is, we could do this. You, you see that all the time, William? I, oh my, I, I wrote an article for Forbes about it because it was so annoying. And I talked about the three different ways people do this, the, the te- techniques that are really manipulative and frankly pernicious. And I believe that, that what's happening now because people are, are doing this, they're not being human in, in their sales process, that the, the digital world is going to go the same way with, that robocalls went and snail mail and everything else, that, and, and email, right? The reason people have moved to digital is because no one will read their email anymore because they don't like being sold to this way, yet those techniques are, are really finding their way into the digital space. Thank you very much. I want to see what Mark Lotenero, Grapevine Six, has to say about all this. Mark, please join us. Thoughts? Yeah, so um, 100% echo everything that William said. And I think it's getting, we're coming to a tipping point, too, because um, we've, we've become kind of numb to the robotic aspect of selling that people, again, are longing for the authenticity aspect. You know, people value other individuals that are truly themselves, um, that's why individuals like Gary V have a huge following because he's just unapologetically Gary V. He's authentic, mm-hmm. he's real, and he doesn't worry about what other people think. And, you know, we're getting to a point where it's becoming so automated that William's absolutely right. People are longing for that, the human side of it. And 
I see it all the time too. I'm, I'm somewhat guilty of it too. In the past, when I was in sales, I would leverage technology to its fullest extent to try to, you know, get my message out to the masses as easy as I could. But the results didn't follow, um, positively at least. So, you know, I could go on and on and on about this particular concept, but being being real is starting to become paramount, especially when we're talking about B2B buyers that are conducting their own online research before making any sort of decision. So your, your buyers are out there consuming between five and seven articles or pieces of content before they decide to take any sort of action or next step. Uh, return a salesperson's voicemail, consult with a colleague. So not only do you want to be authentic, but you want to, you know, you, you need to be adding value along the way before you are essentially even have an opening to contact that individual. Um, the LinkedIn in-mails are, are all far too common and frequent. I get that all the time too, where you accept somebody's connection and then 30 seconds later you get an automated um, in-mail follow-up. Sometimes it, it just says hi. It, you know, Mm-hmm. The first name isn't even incorporated. So people are becoming numb to that. People, people want to be connected to other human beings. They want to consume valuable content that is authentic from people that are being themselves. And I think that's the shift that we're starting to see now. So couldn't agree more with William. Thank you very much. Bruna Gonsalves, join us. What do you thought? think? A lot of interesting information on the table. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. How could I disagree with these great colleagues that are with me today? <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not crazy. <laughs> but at the same time, I have some good insights. I think we always say, and in my trainings and all the interactions we have with SAP teams, we always ask them to search before selling. So this is a typical phrase that we share. So, I mean, showing that you are human and forming a relationship, of course, are great social selling tips, and I couldn't agree more. But expert sales, uh, they need to provide value before someone is really trust in what is being said. So just because they have opted, opted in or just because they are showing some interest in our content, it doesn't mean that they are saying, please tell me something or I really want your product or your solution. So sometimes we, I think we go really faster than we should. So we need to serve before selling, providing value, valuable information and valuable information for free. So, I mean, not asking them to complete a form with 20 questions it already happened with us, and of course, it is our interest. So, uh, what, what I always say is that social selling and marketing in general, demand generation, all, all these topics, it's not about us. It's about them. It's about our prospects. It is about our customer. So, if we think about what we would like to receive, everything changes. We want to receive each time more information, and we want to sell them but we want to put ourselves on their shoes. That's the only way we can understand what they are feeling and when they feel that we are trying to sell. We lose since the beginning. That's what I think. So we must interact with them, of course, being human, but interacting, providing valuable information. And we must be genuine as well. We, we cannot seem 
forced or like we are trying to push him for the sale. So we start in conversations with our network, keep them going until we, we have a natural conclusion or when we see they are really like they really want our product or solution, but not trying to, to do it faster than we should. And that's something that happens in our side, in the company side, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Thank you very much, Bruna. I, I'm smiling here. Because, well, first of all, the three of you are so articulate and you're right on point. But you're all going back, especially Bruna, going back to my opening quote from Sonia Jepson. By living the day-to-day life of your clients, you can glean insights that are impossible to see from your side of the aisle, talking about digital selling. So I think we're we're uh, proving that, that quote to be very, very valid. Uh, William, anything you want to add to this? Because I want to move on to some notes from Mark. But anything you want to wrap up on this one, William Aruda? Well, I, 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 you know what? I just love that everyone uh, contributed around the same topic. And you, if you, um, uh, the empathy piece is absolutely there. And you can't build empathy with one email, right? And I, I think that people think that digital selling mm-hmm. is just that fast, mm-hmm. but it's not. Good point. Mark, I'm combining two of the statements you sent me before the show in a reverse order, and you'll get my point. You say it's more important to give your customers the human experience when they want it instead of providing it when you want to. It's not always at the same place at the same time. Well put. And then you say the trick is to understand where human action interaction is most wanted and invest there, whether it's a web chat, whether it's a speedy response to customer service inquiries, whether it's just picking up the phone. So how do you decide when that human needs to be, humanness needs to be imported, imparted, interjected into the experience? Mark, talk to us, and then we'll see what Bruna and William have to say. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, sure. So it's interesting because there is no one-size-fits-all approach. It's going to be completely different based on the product or service that you offer, based on the industry that you're in, what kind of market you serve. What is your audience like? Um, and so companies really need to learn the best approach that best fits their company. And I, I think a lot of businesses look at it backwards. They think, you know, how can we stay in front of our targets as much or as often as possible rather than, you know, let's make the information available, but at the right time, and at the right, right point in the process. So the data shows that the most successful sales reps both sell digitally, but they also ho- uh, offer a balance on the human side as well. And again, on the shift side, I, I think one thing that we're seeing is, and one thing that I'm noticing in my own experience is that certain purchases that used to have a very heavy human experience, consumers are now looking to the digital side for that. For example, car buying. And, and, and so that's usually mm-hmm. based on uh-huh. a negative connotation or negative experiences interacting with humans during that um, experience. So buying a car. People don't want to deal with car sales reps anymore with their own agenda, trying to hit their own. So they take online, they use different... Um, pieces of software to make those evaluations. And you can even go through that entire experience without interacting with one human. Mm-hmm. Something like booking, uh-huh. booking a hotel, um, renting a vacation home. Experiences on the human side with that can be a little 
negative, as history shows. So now people are taking to technology to be able to do that. Um, airline tickets, not dealing with the airliner, and you know, home buying, apartment renting. So it, it's interesting to see, and it depends on the industry and the market, what kind of shifts we're seeing. But specifically, you know, the umbrella statement would be companies have to find the right approach for them. And they have to understand when their buyers are needing that human aspect rather than when their buyers are okay with leveraging the digital and tech side to get their information. So it really depends on what you do, what type of product or service that you offer, because there is no one-size-fits-all approach. It's going to be different for everybody. Thank you, Mark. Very, very interesting, very insightful, and I like the fact that it's not, not cookie cutter. Being human really never is, or it's not supposed to be anyway. Let's, let's go around to Bruna. Bruna, agree or disagree with Mark's advice? I thought it was very interesting. No, it's really interesting, these insights. I, I do agree, and I think all these, all these exercise it requires patience when it comes to become an expert in social selling and being aware of all these topics. So even with advanced metrics, we have this tool to support us currently, which is really nice and useful, but trying always to make it in a one-on-one basis instead of doing one-to-many or a massive communication. So always trying to tailor the content and make it, making it really personal. We have the tools to support us but uh, the, the key point here is building and maintaining valuable relationships. And as we said, it takes time, it takes an exercise, and there is no quick fix to enable shortcuts. So you can use all these tools, uh, and they are really valuable. We, we use many of them, and we, it is not by automating the process, but to have the insights and to do social listening as well. So I, I, I do like uh, to suggest this, but this is a, a humanized process instead of a one-to-many. We, we use one-to-many. We currently work with one-to-many campaigns. We have our marketing, our digital marketing in parallel with the digital selling, but that's a big difference when we build, for example, a campaign. We cannot uh, deliver the same content or the same frame of the campaign in a digital marketing basis and in a digital selling. So we need to have two different strategies that will be aligned, of course, but in a different approach. Uh, digital selling is about one-on-one. It's about tailoring the content. It's about doing research about your current prospect or even customer because we also talk talk with our customers and we get valuable insights from our current customers also from the digital selling and social listening we call all the valuable information that they provide us in their profiles and and in their content in general that are online so i think that's how we are working currently uh, we need really I always say about having a strategy instead of just start doing this. So thinking if it makes sense, if this is going to be valuable for them, as this is about providing value and building trust uh, before trying to reach out to them and send in emails and start using the tool itself. Because, yeah, people are really, they know they need to use it and sometimes they are really anxious to start using soon without this strategy. 
Thank you very much. Great. Money is one of the main important ones. Yeah. It sure is. Thank you, Bruna. Great insights. I want to make sure we have time for William to chime in on this. William, join us, please. Interesting points on the table. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I love what Mark said that it's you know there, there are times where that human element is is more important than others. The the one thing that I will say is there's, there's one time where it's always important, regardless of who it is you're connecting with, and that has to do with your first impression. Uh, if your first digital impression is not compelling, then it's going to be really hard for you to be able to move forward. We know how important first impressions are, and it's also much harder to build that first impression online. And, and that's why people have to, if, if you're engaging in social selling, you really need to build the world's best ever LinkedIn profile at the perfect combination of credibility and likability. And and so that when somebody, if, you know, somebody sends me something, the first thing I do is click on their name and check out their profile. And some people make me run screaming from them because their profile is, is incomplete. It's, it's boring. It's confusing. It's, you know, doesn't have a photo or whatever. So I think that there's one piece, if you really want to establish a relationship on a human level, then you need to put extra effort into that first impression, knowing that in the two-dimensional world of the web, it's much harder to deliver. So you have to make that extra effort. Thank you very much. Mark, anything you want to wrap up quickly on this? I want to bring up one or two points from Bruna's notes before we go to our predictions round. Mark? I, um, so I really like the example on um, having an established LinkedIn profile. You know, it's your personal digital storefront. So if you, know, if you think about it like a store, um, if somebody walks in, you want to make sure that you give them reasons to stay and look around and consume and read. And that all happens within seconds, um, mm-hmm. really at first glance. So it also gives you the opportunity to establish uh, expertise off the bat, too. So there's a lot of competition out there. You need to do everything that you can to stand out amongst the pack. And having a buttoned-up LinkedIn profile is really the foundation of that and is an awesome way to get it started. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And Bruna, I'm, we just have a couple of minutes before we go into our predictions round. So I'm just going to read a little bit from your notes here, some things that really, really uh, affected me when I read them. I think they need to be spoken about, and it will get you to just briefly explain. You say, when you decide to reach out to a business via social media, take time to do your research beforehand. Don't just throw out a blanket pitch that's the same. Back to our cookie cutter comment. So can you just talk to us briefly about how much research is involved and how does this relate to our topic of being human? Yeah, of course. Uh, actually, as I said, I think everything related related to digital selling must be one-on-one. And in this conversation, you need to do your research before so you already have valuable information, good insights from this prospect or customer. So you can have common points, you can talk their language, speak their language, you know, like you can take advantage of valuable information that you saw in this research. So we need to avoid having this, like, uh, as we didn't have the information before in in cold calling, for example, it it doesn't mean that we don't call, it means that we call, but we don't do cold calls or cold uh, approaches. 
we do these approaches. Yeah, we're still doing this, and it is still being really valuable, but we need to do this research before as we have this opportunity. We didn't have this opportunity. Before we had the books with, the, with some telephone numbers and with some information, a few information about the company. Nowadays, we have this opportunity. So why not taking advantage of this? That's the point. They are already there. We have many millions of contacts already there in LinkedIn. So we need to do, the, do these researches about the person, about the executive, about the company as well. So we can start this conversation, which will be a more valuable conversation tailored, tailored to this context and not a generic one. So I think it's really about humanizing and also talking uh, about what they want to know and what they want to hear from us. Thank you very much. Goes very well with what we've been talking about around the table. And also you say serving before selling. Give valuable information mm-hmm. for free. Think how can I help you instead of what can I sell you? Very, very good point, <laughs> Bruna. I like that. That that should be printed on T-shirts, on T-shirts and digital robot T-shirts or something like that. How can I help you versus very, very, very nice. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I've just finished. I just finished watching. I've been watched uh, the the TV series Royal Pains. All, I think it was 104 episodes. I finished it in about eight days, eight nights. And the way they... Oh, I know. I just... I love summer binge-watching on on streaming TV rather than waiting week for a week for the next episode. And uh, how they answered their phones, Bruno, was they said, this is Hank Med. How can I help you feel better today? It was a concierge medical service. How can I help you feel better today? And whoever created that show must have had that in mind. How can I help you feel better today? Because they knew people were calling mm-hmm. with medical issues. So I, it just came to mind. So, William Aruda, I know you're ready to jump in here. It's crystal ball mm-hmm. prediction time. I have exactly 60 seconds for each of you. That's all we have right now because we talk so much. So, William, look into the crystal ball. What do you predict will change about the idea of staying human in the game of digital selling B2B? Go ahead, William. 60 seconds yours okay well i don't want to be mr negative but here's the thing i think that the um unfortunately the number of people who are doing social selling wrong is increasing and and uh, because of it it is it is making us averse to social selling and in fact i have had people after the forbes article i wrote who sent me notes saying listen i have all of my messages from linkedin now go into it in, into a special folder that i don't look at and so what's happening is digital selling is now following in the path of junk mail and um, uh, unwanted cold calls. And so I think if something doesn't happen, there actually could be some, uh, some new social tools out there that essentially uh, keep only the people we want in and uh, protect us from all of the social selling if social sellers don't get on the, the uh, don't get the message today that we just talked about, about being human and connecting on a real deep and, and empathic level with the people that you're trying to sell to. Thank you very much. Brilliant as always. Mark Lutenero, I have 60 seconds with your name on them. Go. So um, there is data that shows and that is predicting that uh, in a couple of years, 30% of all Internet browsing will be screenless. So we're talking what? about Siri and Alexa. Yeah, so... I think what we're going to see is we're going to see companies, instead of taking a mobile-first approach, we're going to see companies and marketers start thinking about taking a voice-first approach. Um, Mm. We're going to see a shift from regular browsing of the Internet to using voice assistants like Siri and Alexa. So 
something to keep in mind and is how can companies still leverage a humanistic approach through something like voice technology. So it should be interesting to see. It sure will. I like that very much. Thank you. And Bruna Gonsalves, I saved exactly 60 seconds for you. Please go ahead. What do you see? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have a thin line between being human, being human and being too personal. So what I mean, we, we see many, I, I, I have seen the last month, many executives that are sharing many personal subjects in the LinkedIn. For example, uh, this is my family and this is my wife. She had a disease. Okay. This is a, a topic to be considered, but I, I think it loses the value of the platform, which is something more executive. So I'm afraid of being like a Facebook plus LinkedIn. And I feel this in the last months. I am feeling each time more. So like not being a, a, a platform value, uh, with a huge value, which is currently, but maybe losing the value, including many personal subjects. Really different if we say human, uh, humanizing. Humanizing is one thing and being too personal is another one. So maybe that uh, shouldn't be good, but that's one, one thing that we should consider, this thin line between being too personal and human. Thank you very much. I am. I feel so much smarter now having spoken to the three of you. I really do. And I have 30 seconds to end the show, so I want to say thank you to my three very special guests. And again, a shout-out to AJ Mohammed Arif at SAP for putting together this wonderful panel and picking a great topic. And, of course, Kirsten Boylow at SAP Canada for sponsoring this series. And our engineer extraordinaire, Aaron Keller at World Talk Radio, the business channel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here is my call to action Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Come on. Go out and be a game changer today, just like William Aruda at Digital U, dropping in a bookstore near you soon or online, Mark Lotenero at Great Five Six, and Bruna Gonsalves at SAP. I'll be back in one hour, yes, with a live show. We're talking about technology in sports. Tech hits the ice. How is it making connected athletes in the National Hockey League? You don't want to miss that one. Have a great day. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.